Okay. Ready? Hit it. Go live. Welcome once again to With Love and Justice for All. I'm Reverend Kelly Isola with my partner in crime consciousness and co-creation, Reverend Ogan Holder. Um, brought to you by Project Sanctus, a yes. featured podcast from Project Sanctus. How are you doing today, Ogan? I, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is a this is a good live stream day because I finally have a I have a, finally have a virtual Zoom background that reflects where I am uh, <laughs> here here in Barbados as I continue to ride out the winter in the uh, in the country of my birth. I'm not here. Uh, what's the word I want? I'm not on vacation. I am. <laughs> I am. I am living my. I am living my best life. Where, you know where what? It's hard though. It's hard for people to if they see. You know, if they were watching this, uh, not just listening, but watching it. When you see pictures like the background you have, we do kind of go straight to. Oh, he's on vacation. I know. I know. And and interestingly enough, that's sort of a little bit about what we're gonna talk to today. Talk about today, right? Because we gotta we gotta unmake we gotta unmake this mindset that you know, the, our, our, our future is, is doomed to be just like a lot of work and toil and labor. And we only yeah. get backgrounds like this when we have our, like, you know, a couple of weeks of vacation or right. whatever. So, so yeah, we will, we will get yeah. to that. Anyway, it's good to see you be able to match your background with how you're living your best life and actually where you are. Not yes, made up. and this this is this is this was my view from from I had I had coffee, I had coffee and pastries with a friend this morning. So yeah, breakfast. <laughs> breakfast is such a. I mean, it was two cups of coffee and a croissant. I I hardly count that as breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I, not a lot of nutritional value in that breakfast. <laughs> no, it was like a it was like a pre-breakfast. What did the Hobbit say first? First breakfast and then second breakfast. Yeah, that's that's what happened today. It was a morning a morning <laughs> snacky treat. It was it was because I left that I left that and went to get other food. Still so hungry. So so this was this was the view from one of my favorite restaurants. I will give them I will give them an unsolicited unsponsored plug. Uh, it's it's a place called QP QP Bistro, which is part of uh, like a resort um, hotel called oh, the Cliff. Okay. It literally sits on a cliff and wow. looking down into the water and it's a gorgeous view. And yes. So that's where well, that's yes, which is perfect because our title today is Living Our Preferred Future Now. And that's what I we're gonna talk doing about. It. <laughs> yes. Um I am I am in in some ways I am doing that as well. Uh it's it's been on my um operating been part of my operating system for some time but always expanding and um there you go living more into it right right so this is uh as i said this is our with love and justice for all the uh podcast for project sanctus where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism dismantling oppression fostering liberation living our preferred future now as well as uh, sometimes talking about the special challenges that arise for spiritual seekers so we want to thank all of you that are listening and our subscribers uh, that are here in the US or also around the world. Yes, we are global, um, multiple countries around the world. 
And that's always fun to check in to see where people are listening in. And I confess I haven't checked lately, but I know we have Brazil and Ukraine and Canada and France and, and many others. Um, and uh, there was something else I was going to say, but I don't know what it was. So I'm going to, before we get talking about living our preferred future now, I know that, uh, Ogan, you have a few, a few bits of information, some invitations for us. Yes, and invitations for our near future, um, namely on December 3rd, which is tomorrow, if you happen to hear this on Friday, December 2nd, tomorrow we're doing our Talking to Your People workshop again. Uh, Christmas is coming up or whatever holiday you celebrate at this time. You're going to be getting together with your family. Not everybody on your family sees the world through the same lens. And that can lead to some awkward, challenging conversations and encounters. So um, many people wish they had the skill set, the vocabulary to have these conversations without things falling off the rails. We created this workshop to help with that. It's called Talking to Your People. And it is December 3rd, that's Saturday, um, from 10 to 2 p.m. And you can register for that on projectsanctus.com. A couple of save the dates. On January 10th, we will start our next 846 book club selection, American Detox, The Myth of Wellness and How We Can Truly Heal by Kelly. Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly. I was about to say Karen Kelly. I knew that wasn't right. Carrie Kelly. Um, and this is a book that really invites us to open up to the truth of how the wellness industry has been propping up a lot of systemic oppressions and actually making us unhealthier in the process. So we're going to break down all of that and learn about some actual new wellness practices. Please purchase your book from blissbooksandwine.com. Use the code 846book for a 10% discount, and you can sign up for the book study now at projectsanctus.com it's a it's there's a there's, the, the book is dense so you want to start reading maybe before uh, we start meeting so uh, check that out and also we are bringing back a couple of workshops that we did earlier this year that uh people for logistical reasons couldn't join us and we're like when are you doing this again so now we're doing it again so now join us. Uh, we're bringing back the love and rage. That's going to be on January 15th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. And we're also doing the popular do the work, the anti-activity, mm-hmm. sorry, the anti-racist activity workbook. We're doing that again. And that will be over the course of three Saturdays in February, February 11th, 18th, and 25 from 10 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern. I don't think registration is up for two of those yet, but um, mark the dates on your calendar now. Uh, and please join us for that. To do the work is perhaps, I think, one of the one of the books, if, if it's not been the most like impactful, here are some really tangible things I can do in this moment sort of book. It really takes all of the sort of theoretical abstract learnings around anti-racism and goal and says to you, all right, here's what you do with that information now. And right. um, so, so yeah, so well, saying, and it, so join us for that. But yes, go. It, it, you know, when we did it the first time, one of the things that, um, you know, I heard repeatedly, and and we say this often is not. We just did it at a workshop yesterday. We said that it's you know our anti-racism work is not about white people feeling bad 
or you know or it's bad to be white it's no. the the empowering right use right. use the power and privilege you have to change the world that we're in and so this book this activity book it really is truly activity like page after page after page and what we found when we did it the first time was how empowering it really was for everybody yes um to to learn about themselves to start dismantling and witnessing their own whiteness and it's not just for white bodies uh you know let me be really clear about that um it just was I don't think fun is the right word, but there was there were moments and you know, engaging. More, Let's say engaging. engaging. Right. Yes, it was engaging, and there were certainly more moments of, you know, a smile or a laugh, and even laughing at yourself. You know, like when you see your own biases and and being able to laugh at them rather than feeling yeah. badly. So anyway, digression. That's all right. It was a good digression. All right. So that's uh, February 11th, 18th, and 25th. Uh, registration will come soon. So mark the dates now so that you have them on your calendar. Um, and I think that's it in terms of what's coming up in the in the short run. Um, so today we're talking about living our preferred future now. If you've been keeping up with us, you're probably going, wait, I thought y'all were going to talk about anti-Semitism today with a special <laughs> guest. Uh, we had to reschedule we that. Were. Uh, we were our special guest. His entire family um, came down with COVID, so hopefully they're all doing okay. And COVID is still a real thing that happens. Um, so he was unable to make that today. Hope um, we're looking at next week. Hopefully everybody will be better by then. So um, apologies if you were tuning in to listen to that. Don't worry, it's still on its way. Yes, and you know. All I got to say is every time we put off talking about that, something else happens to add on to the pile. But yeah. I don't know if you've heard about Kanye's latest. Uh, oh, I uh, have thing. not. Oh, oh gosh. All right. yeah, you have, you have to look. I've it been up. out of pocket for uh, a bit for. OK, a good, gotcha. Got, no, good... he was he was on. And here's here's a great example of these two things should never be together. He was on Alex Jones's show. Oh, God. And even even as Alec Jones was saying, like, yeah, here's the bad things about Nazis and Hitler. Here's Kanye saying, no, I like Hitler. And here's here's some good things about Hitler. And it was and the Nazis. So it was like, I, oh, I, I think I heard about it. I didn't uh, go and watch anything. Anyways, though. yeah, that's not what we are supposed to be talking about today. But but no, we, but we, uh, <laughs> he will. we certainly will when our rabbi is able to join us. Yes. Yes, we will. Um, so today and live in our preferred future now is um, we're, we're, we're pulling some some nice uh, juicy information from an article written by Adrienne Marie Brown, who yeah. um, she's the author of Pleasure Activism and what was the emergence. Other book? emergence and she's got yeah. emergent strategy. She's got yes. several books. Yes, yeah. I actually have emergent strategy. That's my next to read book. Uh, when I'm done with uh, when I'm done with uh, American the American detox. detox, yeah, the American Detox. I ain't gonna lie, such good stuff, and it's taken a while to get through that book. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's so it is so good. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since I've marked up a book the way I've marked up that book because I, I kid you not, every almost every page there's either a paragraph I want to circle or something I want to underline. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at this rate, I'm never going to get through this book, but it's so good. So, such she, good has, she has an incredibly powerful lived experience for a long yes. stretch of time. 
like yes. the like the Energizer Bunny. And, and I forgot to always mention, working on you know. Yeah, I forgot to mention earlier, and outside. She will be joining us on the podcast at some point, and also yes. dropping in on the book group at some point. So, um, fully immersive author experience. Yeah. Um, so the whole premise of of the uh, article by Adrian Marie Brown, which you can read on yesmagazine.org, it's called Murmurations, Accountable Endings, is this idea that we're we're sort of going through a lot of endings right now and the uh, the our, our work, especially anti-racist work, is around how do, how do we bring this structure of the white supremacy culture norms to an end and then create a, a future free of that and and centered around a different experience and that begins with what we do now um so mm -hmm. so she's writing about um these things she the sentence i like is this era is for visionary death doulas with time traveling presence able to stand in this moment full of embodied wisdom from our lived and ancestral experiences and write with possibilities and practices for a future that is nourishing for all of us. Yeah, Sign I, me uh, up now. Right. And I, but I want to back up a minute. Back um, up. Okay. Yeah. I want to back up a little bit about, you mentioned the endings, you know, lots of things are ending and, you know, and something else is ending. And the reason I want to back up to the ending is because um, uh, I know, you know, very often as a as a as a white body, and and when I'm with groups of of uh, people that identify as white bodies, there is um, often the idea of aren't we done with this yet? You know, or aren't we done with that yet? Right. And you know, aren't we over this yet? Or or even people that will use the term transracial, right? Or um, um, you know, post-racial or, and, and I'm not, I don't want to dismiss those terms and what they can mean, but I, I think before we can, uh, I, I, I think we don't spend enough, this may sound horribly <laughs> depressing. Disclaimer, um, disclaimer. Yeah. Right. But we really are at the end of a world. Yes. We really are, but we're not. And I want people to pay attention to that that we are at the end that the world as we know it in some ways has crumbled away completely but we don't want to look at that and in other ways is cracking and falling and we don't want to look at that either you know yes. like the humpty dumpty thing um and i i just think it's important to to pause on that like like part of my practice is is to actually notice where it is crumbling um because it's i think it's important to see it there's a you know, there's the odd, um, it's not just hope for the future, it's where's the hope in today? And and when I can see where a world has ended or part of a world has ended, then it gives me hope for today, which may sound counterintuitive. Um, but, you know, we've been protesting and, and, you know, and critiquing and right. And when I say we, I mean a collective we. And, you yeah. know, looking at data and, um, all kinds of, you know, lots of loud voices for a while, certainly trying to educate each other and certainly at times beating up on each other. 
Um, but it's, you know, she says in the article that we're in a long arc of releasing that world in a myriad of ways. And I don't want us to lose that long arc of releasing. Like when I say I don't want to lose it, I don't want to lose recognizing it and seeing it and calling it. Um, so because it's that long arc that is what changes the structure a little bit every day. It's what gives us that gradual, you know, movement so that we, you know, so we can see the world is ending again um, and be in that what you just said, you know, being this era is for visionary death doulas. I, I have, you know, I know for a while, like in, in church work, I know I'm a, you know, there's been for years I've talked about doing church hospice work. <laughs> yes. So I know I'm yes. a death doula in the world of church spiritual communities and I'm, yes. that's fine. And learning to expand it to this world that's, that, that is, you know, it's the Anthropocene, right? The era that we're in is the Anthropocene and we are the death doulas for that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you have taken on the church hospice work. Uh, I bailed. I was like, nope, too much. Well, not as much as I, I, right. So I did it for a long time. I've way stepped back. Um, If someone is, you know, wants to like asks for hospice help, happy to, but. And it, well, part of it is it's difficult to work with a patient that is in denial of their imminent demise. So yeah, I'm like, if you, if, you know, if you're, if you're not convinced that this is happening, there's not much for me to do here. So um, and I also live by the mantra. One of my many mantras is like, yeah, I don't want to work that hard. I don't want to work that hard to convince you of right. a thing. No, exactly. That's, I can't care more than you. Exactly. I can't. Yeah. I, I don't do that. No, no. no okay. No. Okay. Just once, no, no. Once I notice I'm caring more than you, I'm like, okay, bye-bye. Just, just checking. <laughs> so the other thing that, no. that, that pops up, as you were mentioning about, about endings and, and white bodies and, you know, post-racial, I, I, I'm going to hazard to say that the, the folks who generally use the term post-racial more often than not are white bodies. Yeah. And, um, and part of why I think they think that is because they've not, they've not had to be on the side of those who are racially oppressed. So they're not dealing with it one, but two, there is that fear of their world as in those who are in for for whom for whom the structure of white supremacy supports the most the ones who basically have the most to lose as this shift is happening and there's there's what is it the uh antipas the fear of the anticipatory fear (laughs) Yes, of, of the anticipatory fear. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So, so there's 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 pushback. There's and and that goes to the extremes. When when you're in that fear and you act on that fear, what it looks like in the extremes is, you know, you have things like Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, the you know Christian nationalist movement, all that nonsense. Um, is the extreme of that, but part of part of the everyday experience of a lot of white body folks is just basic denial that it's happening. Right. Um, and and wanted it to happen or and 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 that denial looks like the whole post-racial thing. Oh, we had a black president. We're good. It's right. No problem. Yeah. Sort of sort of deal. Well, and it's um, the that whole fear of losing uh, 
you know, your, you know, what has served you, where you've benefited, not because, you know, that you created it, but it's mm-hmm. the system. Um, so and many people not even conscious of, you know, what they're afraid of losing. And once they are conscious, they're still afraid. And in large part, because you can't see the upside, you know, if you're willing to, to, um, you know, change this and shift the structure um, and be in your preferred future now, you know, if you can't see what that preferred future looks like and how you actually benefit by deconstructing, you're not gonna, it doesn't. And and it is a bit of a, it is a bit of a paradox because we're not, we're not, you've not created that preferred future, but in order to create it, we have to start living it now yes yes um and and it's a little it's a little bit of act as if but it's yes. it's 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 also the the creation the the creation by doing the building by doing um, well it's you can put it so here i'm going to get really uh theoretical on you if you put it in the the context of something like spiral dynamics you know there's first year second year mm-hmm. you 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 know the first year you know in these first you know six stages of development that we all go through as we evolve individually and collectively is, you know, the hallmark of it is predict and control. In order to evolve to the next stage of development, you, that doesn't work anymore. So, you know, and innovation means I have no idea how this is going to turn out, but I'm going to take this step anyway. And that is really hard for people. Very hard for people. Yeah. Individual collective. It's very doable. You know, she says in the she says in the article, even as we divest from power structures that are predicated on the denial of any group's humanity, the pace of our evolution and the ongoing struggles, the backlash, the egregious acts of continuing harm can make it feel like nothing is really changing, which adds to that this feels hard. Okay. Because we don't see snap snap. Why aren't we like after the murder of George Floyd a year later? Aren't we done with this yet? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, black people still getting killed. So, no, we're not. Yeah. We're, we're, right. we're not done with it. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in a little bit to um, how, how do we live that future now? Um, mm-hmm. And so she introduces us to a few. She calls them a few key activities and perspectives. And the yep. first one you sort of kind of alluded to the notice where dying ideas show up in your life. Notice where dying ideas show up in your life. Uh, and back to the conversation we just had church. maybe. Right. I was just thinking that. And I was just thinking the conversations I have with ministerial students and those that are seeking, you know, credentialing. I now have I'm more and more and more and pushing it. And it can it can for some it may feel like, wait a minute, why are you dogging on? Why are you down on ordination? I'm not down on ordination. What no. I ask them is why? Why right. are you doing this? Like, really, why? Um, and, and really uh, interrogated and inquiring yeah. as to are you propping up a system that's dead or really broken and dying and well dying in in its death throes you're you're stepping yes. into a business model that has continually lost customers since the 50s like right no <laughs> no that that's what you're doing don't go in under uh like i did under some weird 
you know, egoic talk to me first. preconceptions <laughs> that you're going to go build back something to a glory day of yeah. what once existed. And I didn't really have that idea. Um, my my delusion was less less embrace in modern practices, uh, you know, live streaming and and, mm-hmm. and and shift things so that we don't we 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 grow, but in a different way. And even that's not. Um, um, even that's not a thing that's really happening. And then COVID, you know, COVID, COVID shifted that a little bit, but again, well, it ramped it up and made it fast. Yes. Yes. COVID, COVID accelerated in many ways, a lot of, a lot of COVID pulled our future into the now in so many ways. No kidding. Right. Um, so, so what, what other dying ideas, uh, show up, show up in your life? Um, I have one. Hit me. I don't know if you were asking that rhetorically or if you really wanted another answer. Sure, both. Yes, either or. I mean, both and. Sorry. You know what? And this may come. This may come as a shock, but in many ways, and and I'm being influenced by a a book that I'm reading, Mm -hmm. um, uh, is social media. Uh, There are multiple elements of social media that are um, dead. You know, she she offers a hint of how to notice dying ideas that show up in your life. So when 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 that that's that whatever in your life that so I'll just stick with church for a minute. You know, if there's the if you find yourself in a structure of obligation, imbalanced care, constant sacrifice, perpetual frustration. And I thought, wow, if you went to the dictionary and looked up church, that would be the <laughs> definition. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, really. And so, but mm. it, because of this book that I'm reading, um, it just came out. It's called How to, How to, um, oh God. It, oh, now I can't remember the title, but it's, it has to do with how to, how to, you know, um, push back on dictators. And it just came right. out a couple of days ago and, and it's phenomenal. But she's, she uses the Philippines as an example and starts mm. talking about social media and how it, really destroyed many things in the Philippines and the Philippines was, you know, for a long time was a puppet of the United States. So they were just mimicking practices that here in the U S but as I was reading this article and thinking about what dying ideas are showing up in my life, I find that there are elements of social media that are just, that feel dead to me or feel that it's, you know, that when I have that sense of obligation or I got to do this or got, you know, or um, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like she says, interrogate the ideas as they arise. So I'm doing that. I'm not getting off social media, but because it came up as I asked myself this question, I'm like, I need to, I need to dig a little deeper. I need to ask some questions. How much do you really need it? And what am I getting sucked into within these algorithms and analytics and platforms that are just fucking nuts right and 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 social media as we are seeing you know the the implosion current implosion of twitter and other things social media i mean the original idea of social media similarly the original idea of church is a place to to gather to congregate to share to connect and then what happened was it became commercialized. Capitalism mm-hmm. rolled in, and we're like, we have to make money off of this thing, right? And then it began that slow downhill death march, and then ended yep. up doing more harm than good. Um, and we're not just talking about Twitter. I mean, you've seen you've seen and read the reports 
around the harm Facebook and Instagram has done, especially with teenage, teenage girls and, and uh, body mm-hmm. image issues and stuff like that. And it's just been, and the pressure that, um, um, what do you call them? Influencers are under to keep mm-hmm. producing more and more content and how stressed they are. And so, so it's become, it's become more harmful. Yes. So it, it's, it's, and people are beginning to wake up to that and they're beginning to realize that, uh, um, Carrie Kelly in American Detox talks about that as well. And, and so, so it's an, it's, that the 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 platform or the those platforms and the ways they're, they're being used and what they're being used for, um, they're beginning to shift. And you're right, change and 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 die. And people are beginning to not stake the importance that they used to stake it on. Uh, people are beginning to to uh, divest their worth from it. Um, yeah. And 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 it's interesting because in an effort to try and keep up and keep us involved, the platforms have kind of slightly made some adaptations. So for example, uh, you know, like on Instagram, you can, you can now hide your like you, I mean, you can do this for a little bit. You can hide your like counts on your posts so that uh, people who are looking at your posts. And even when you're looking at your feed, you don't see, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't base the worth of Mm. The, the 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 post or or right. how you feel people like you based on the number of count now the 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 ridiculous thing is that you can you can still find that number in the set in you know in in the settings or whatever so you're not you're not all the way divorced from it but i started doing that recently because i used to say eh, i don't care about the like counts on my like instagram posts i really kind of don't and then I started hiding the like counts and I noticed, <laughs> I think maybe I liked them more than I thought. Cause now that I yeah. don't know how many people like my Instagram posts there, I remember the first couple of days, there was like a little bit of anxiety, you know? So what right. it says now is liked by one person. And then it says, and others. And I'm like, well, who are the others? And, you know, right. <laughs> and I, right. and I, and I could go to another screen and, and see who the others are. And if I wanted to count them up, but I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do that on Facebook as well. There are ways to do it on Facebook, but they don't seem to stick. And I got to keep going back and mm. resetting them. And cause Facebook is nefarious like that. Um, so anyways, yeah, notice dying ideas. Um, well, she, she says in this, um, so the book is, is now I remember the title, how to stand up to a dictator. And, um, um, and really she's, uh, while she's, you know, and she won the Nobel Peace Prize nope. um, this last year. Yeah, nice. brilliant book. Um, but it's all about, it really is, you know, I'm only about halfway through, but it's, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, in terms of the U.S. and the dictator mentality we have here and the authoritarian. And she says that democracy is um, is death by a thousand cuts. And so all of these platforms that we use to get news out, to connect with people, to, you know, not just news outlets, but social media outlets are now, they're all biased against facts. Right. Um, and the studies, and she, uh, she's she got an enormous amount of data and studies, which always makes this, this nerd and geek very happy. Um, but she says they... Um, what the data shows is that anything that's laced with anger and hate spreads much faster and much farther than anything with facts, which I think, you know, it's not a new bit of information, but she's, but then here's my favorite line that she says, without facts, you can't have truth. Without truth, you can't have trust. 
Without all three, we have no shared reality and democracy as we know it, and all meaningful humor endeavors are dead. Hmm. So coming back to, you know, this article and noticing, you know, what, what Adrian Marie Brown says, notice where dying ideas show up in your life. It's it like that quote kind of brings me to, you know, what is meaningful and what does that even yeah. mean? Yeah. That and, um, just... Yes. And so all of a sudden I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm just noticing just asking myself that meaning question, you know, because I don't think meaning something meaningful is not something you just stumble across or somebody here, you know, gives it to you. Right. It's something that, at least for me, it's something that I every day I build through every choice that I make through the commitments that I choose people that I love what I hold really dearly like close to my heart. So when I do that, it helps me it's almost like a reverse thing in order to notice you know, where the dying ideas show up, I mm-hmm. kind of have to do that, like not go looking for the dying idea, but point to the meaning, what's meaningful. And then I can see, yeah, this is, okay. this is about obligation. This is about, you know, um, you know, taking my labor or just giving my labor away unconsciously. Um, yeah. And so the next thing, which also sorts of um, dovetails off of that, uh, the next big thing after notice today and ideas is to notice notice the collective denial. Mm. And I read this and this sort of hit home really hard for me because um, the thing she references is is covid and yeah. and we are living in this period where, for the most part, especially in the US, and I'm noticing here in Barbados in a lot of places, too, as far as we're concerned, covid is done. Right. Yeah. We've we've gone back to reopening businesses. We're doing huge gatherings again. And there's still hundreds of people dying every day of COVID. And I say this and then I take a look at my own life. And admittedly, I am pretty much, except when I'm flying on a plane, behaving like COVID's done too. I'm going to yeah. events and gatherings. I'm not wearing a mask. Uh, mm-hmm. The only time I'm putting on a mask is so like here in Barbados, for example, uh, mask are required. And I think places in the US too. A mask required if you're going like into a doctor's office or the hospital or right. something like that. That's like pretty yeah. much the only required place. And I haven't, you know, I don't object. I got my mask. I still got, I still carry masks in the car with me, in my bag, right. wherever I go. And sure, no problem. But other than that, yeah, I haven't been wearing a mask anymore. So, so even right. in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, I'm kind of done with that too. And, but it's not, it's not done. I just I just read an article that said, like, you know, uh, we're on track this year and next year for COVID in the U.S. to kill more people than that AIDS did in the height of the epidemic. Oh, God. Uh, You know, uh, the height of the AIDS epidemic, I think like 55,000 people were dying a year. And and we're we're on track still more people than for that to die cumulatively. Um, from from COVID this yeah. um, you know this year because is it this year I think might be getting my numbers a little mixed up but um, but more people will right and so we think because we've we've gone past the height of of the COVID deaths and and we're developing vaccines and truly just the fatigue right. of doing what we need 
to do to protect ourselves and other people from the spread of all the various mutations and variations of it. Yeah, we are we're kind of in this collective denial that this thing is still existing. Well, and denying the what you know, yes, here's COVID, you know, and here's the virus and people are still dying, but look at even denying the domino effect. Like how many children have been orphaned? We don't even know right. what long COVID totally means yet. Yeah, yeah, you know, still figuring we, that one out. Yeah, you know, and and we're still committed to not caring for our neighbor. <laughs> right. Um, we we consider wearing a mask, you know, um, and I'm I'm guilty too. Like like you, I find myself not wearing it in public, and I you know tomorrow is a a memorial service for a friend, but I'm not going to go. Um, because it's too many, too many people together that are not going to be masked. And, and I know people in that group that are still being, getting ill and I'm not, and not to mention now we have RSV making its rounds, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, but we, but still the, but even ignoring the, what's beyond tomorrow and the next day and, you know, this collective denial about its impact. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just, I'm like, okay, I'm just swimming upstream. Yeah. And connected to that is the next thing also notice collective experiences. So, for example, the collective grief that has come along with yeah. two going on three years of COVID and and the 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 deaths that some of us have pers personally experienced or, you know, tangentially experienced for some of us, uh, we got close to our own deaths uh, as a result of COVID. Um, some of us had deaths not connected to covid but because of the collective grief of covid they hit us that much harder um yeah. and and yeah and how do we how do we make space for that when the effort over the last year has been less we we got to pedal to the metal to get get back to the experience we knew before um we gotta, i know we gotta, we gotta, we gotta Without... get past that we gotta get over this it was and a lot of that was was capitalist driven right yes well that's part of that collective denial yeah. also is wanting to get back to what was wanting to get back to normal and the denial piece is well that fucking normal was seriously broken and you want to go back it was to... it was and what we realized it was and is 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 that the 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 billionaires who were already rich got richer yes during during, yeah. during during covid and that was part of their push even now as we're talking about you know the recession-ish type experience we're having in the u.s and around the world really and i gotta get out of my see i'm still absorbing this narrative the political narrative that the recession is a u.s issue no everyone around the globe is suffering yeah um and 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 but in the midst of all that we still see these corporations making record profits because they've jacked up the prices of things that that all of us still need to buy even though none of us are making any more money than we did before and they right. don't they don't they don't have to do that but they're choosing to um claiming oh no we have to we have to raise prices because we're in a recession i'm like then how y'all turn in all these profits right you know, if you'd kept the prices the same what would have happened Right. So anyways. Yeah. But we're also in denial about um, climate change. I mean, look at all these massive wildfires. You know, Mauna yeah. Loa just exploded, you know, the volcano on Hawaii. Um, you know, the floods, the hurricanes, the 
you know, just it's one natural disaster after another um, with, um, you know, extinction. You know, we don't even non-human species are going extinct at a rate that we can't even count and keep up with that most people don't realize. Well, we're not going to be um, too far behind. I just watched this report on yeah. um, agriculture in I forget which European country it was, but many of the farmers are in order for them just to survive. They're switching from growing crops for people to growing crops for animals right. for, the, for the animal industrial complex. And now the people who usually buy food from these farmers are like, where's our food? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you, you were trying to survive and, and growing just stuff to sell to the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the big meat producing places, but we need yeah. we need we need to eat too and the reason they're doing that is because droughts have really decimated so many of the crops that the the humans eat and it's so so given the the you know de- decreased rainfall and or in some cases super increased rainfall and flooding like they've got to grow these crops that really are much more low intensive and cheaper to grow, which is basically, you know, grass and grain for animals. Um, right. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's happening too um, as well. So she, she says, and you know, it's a, um, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, this doom and gloom kind of, you know, conversation, but it's, it's how you know having to notice these things notice the dying structures um is the doorway into okay so what do i do with this and her question is how can we move through this period of endings this anthropocene with grace rigor and curiosity for those of you that aren't familiar with the term anthropocene it's the geological epic that we're in if you remember anything from science class and some people that don't enjoy science probably blocked it out the moment they heard it but you know there's different different geological epics and different geological ages that have different different names the the paleocene the mesozoic you know there's different um the scene part of the end is tells us it's a geological time um set of time but the reason it's called the anthropocene is because humans are the major force the major impact on the world so during this this time and and some believe that the anthropocene started with the industrial revolution but um we are in this age this geological age where human beings are having the biggest impact on on the world um so how do we you know so our invitation is when we are noticing these systems that we've been socialized into, but we're noticing them, you know, either dead or, you know, cracking and crumbling. How do I, how do I be a death doula? Yeah. Right? How do I be a death doula? You know, cause it's a both and right. Living our preferred future now. So how do I do that? And her, um, um, her Adrian Marie Brown's question says with grace, rigor and curiosity. Um, which leads us so, to which leads us to the final piece, which which is more of a good news sort of scenario. Yeah, <laughs> our invitation, an uplifting invitation. Slow mm-hmm. down and embrace all. A W E. Slow down and embrace all. Slow down. Get into this now moment, and 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 simply notice the wonder that currently exists around you. 
I'm working on that really hard when I hear the rooster outside my window calling, <laughs> not just now, but at 4.30 and 5 in the morning. Yeah, somehow the rooster isn't really trying to take the in, in, awe-inspiring. In awe. Well, right? <laughs> well, actually, it is when you see it because it is a freakishly beautiful bird, mm. right? The the different just colors of feathers. And we got all these little, little chickies running around outside and, and chickens <laughs> that, that when it gets dark, fly up into the big mango tree next to the house, right? Mm. Because they don't, they don't want to be killed by the different predators running around here in mm. the middle of the night, like the wild cats and the mongooses and stuff. So the chickens fly up into the trees um in in at night and in the morning they fly down it's like raining chickens in the morning um and <laughs> raining chickens it literally is because chickens don't really fly they generate i know yeah. to get up to the tree and right. then they're like fluttering down so so all of this you know as many years as i see this happen there for me there's still a kind of sense of awe and yeah. like yeah. i look out the tree as the evening is getting dark and there's a chicken staring back at me. And I'm I'm like on the second floor of a house, <laughs> right? So there's a chicken in the tree there. So uh uh so yeah, so so those those sort of things, you know, I, I marveled, you know, I top of the show, I talked about, you know, my virtual Zoom background picture that I took mm -hmm. at breakfast day. And I was sitting, I'm sitting with a friend who also is someone who spent much of her adult life, most of her adult life, like myself, in the US. And I'm sitting there, we're sitting there and I go, you know what? I forget just how fucking gorgeous this place is. Right. Mm. And, and just that moment of just like taking it in and being, being moved by just the natural beauty of the place is, but that requires us to slow down and not rush from yeah. thing to thing to thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there was, um, I, I put up a post recently that that I found really interesting, um, and this is sort of related to this, um, and it said, um, unpopular idea, unpopular opinion, I don't think your life has to have a purpose or you a grand ambition. I think it's just okay to wander through life, finding interest in things until you die. And that was a Twitter mm. post by uh, at Amber Noel. And you know, this idea of often, you know, when we talk about, we did this episode a while back about uh, maybe we got it wrong. Right. right. And, and, and this is, this is, this is wrapped into sort of like a lot of, uh, you know, spiritual community narratives. What is, what is your purpose? What is God's purpose for your life? Right. You know, what is, what is spirit asking and calling of you? And then we right. put a lot of energy into figuring this out and then stressing about if we are, if we are meeting that or matching that, am I on the right purpose? And, and it becomes, it becomes a source of stress and angst for us yes. rather than a, a, a place of awe and wonder. And, and, and I hope you mind folks. Yeah. Um, God does have a purpose for your life. Whatever it is, you choose. Like, right. <laughs> choose one. And you're not at the you're not at the right. mercy of some puppet master. Exactly. <laughs> choose choose what you you want your life to be. You're right, and then you realize, okay, I'm kind of done with this, or this isn't working. Choose something else. There's no yeah. right or wrong here. It's just it's just what you choose. Um, and and approach it with that sense of of awe and and slow down and not make it 
goal oriented. This is the big yeah. lie that capitalism tells us that everything we do needs to either produce a product or it needs to be monetized or that it is a reflection of who we are. And that's not entirely true. Um, well, it's not true at all, really. Nothing ever needs yeah. to be kind of monetized. And when we, especially when we monetize the things that, that, that bring us joy and pleasure, and then it takes the joy and right. pleasure out of it. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so it was so funny because in the, in the article, she, she writes about like insects landing on her bee and a, yes. and a spider and rather than, and then, you know, flick them off. She's marveling at them crawling on her and stuff. I, uh, uh, a cockroach came close to me last night and I was not in awe or marveling. Right. I, <laughs> I, I could, she talks about experience with a spider and one with a bee. And I think I could do those, but I don't think I could yeah. do a cockroach. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I stepped up, I stepped on that mother and <laughs> I no me and roaches we, we're there's going not, but I say that I say that. And the one piece of all I do have around roaches is that, you know, should we They're still and, here <laughs> and they will still be here after we're gone. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. If humans become this thing, those little fuckers are still going to be running around. Like their ability to survive is truly inspiring. They're gross as hell. I don't want anything to do with them, but I can still, I guess, find that bit of awe. In, well, in that's, the that's the, yeah. Well, that's the piece of living in the, the, the awe is the preferred future. Right. So just do it now because we can't, yes. it's too late to avoid any crises going on around us. Yes. Um, this is so you know, true. I mean, you could put your head in the sand as much as you want, but you're not <sighs> sidestepping anything. Yeah. Um, you know, systems are cracking and falling, maybe not as fast as some of us may like, but, um, but it's not, it's not too late. So rather than looking at, you know, in the role as a death doula, um, it's, it, it it's, I'm going to support the death, but every, what I say to people is that every birth comes equipped with its death and vice versa. You know, there's, you can't separate them. So when something is born, there's a death, there's, I don't know what the date is for it, but it comes equipped with its own death. Right. Um, And which means that what was birthed, if I'm in this death doula role, I'm going to help it die knowing that there's birth coming because that's what the awe is yeah right to yeah. slow down and be in awe that's that's our next um, um and, what's and called actually being called the afro scene but that's our next that's yeah. that's the preferred future so it don't is. wait and for it do it now do it now and get to a place where you're where you're comfortable with the change that's coming that we are we are creating people don't people don't like to be comfortable with change we're still work. We're well, still working on that as a human species. We are. Um, it's it's you know part of it's the amygdala. It wants to be safe, but um, you know, good luck. And uh, it's but being able to recognize that, and um, it's not just that change is coming. It's come and gone, and still here. You know, like it's. Um, but if we want to, you know, yeah, I'm just I'm preaching to the choir. Um, but it's noticing part of that noticing the awe and slowing down and noticing the awe being in the awe is being able to put myself in the context of every life here on earth. This is the only planet we have. So I can be 
part of, you know, part of its future or not. Um, but yeah. there's where um, I'm my only chance for survival. You're mm-hmm. my only chance. I was for about survival. to say we are our only chance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right. Yeah, this is not an individualistic exploit. There are things no, for us but to what, do on our own, but, but but it has to be a community experience. Yes, but what Collective. I mean when I say when I use the individual term, when I say that you are part of my um, um, future, you are you're a part of my survival. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no other replacement. I don't mean it as an individual experience. I take it as I'm walking around in my day, when I'm walking in and out of a grocery store, every person I look at is, you know, I'm responsible for them. They're responsible for me. Yes. I'm accountable. Yeah. It's an accountability thing. We should do an episode um, on accountability. Yes. People pe- love accountability, <laughs> <laughs> especially in churches. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, we, had to circle back. <laughs> speaking of circling back, in summation, yes. notice, notice where the dying ideas show up in your life. Notice collective yes. denial. Notice collective experiences, and finally, slow down and embrace awe. This is how we 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 create that 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 future experience. Now, um, how we create something that 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 nourishes us, and how we how we basically hospice that which is dying out into a graceful ex- graceful exit and embrace embrace what's new um mm-hmm. and 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 that's that's how we make it um so let's gracefully exit out of this episode i guess <laughs> with grace <laughs> rigor and curiosity <laughs> sure I know how rigorous it's going to be, but let's go for it. So as always, thank you guys for listening to With Love and Justice for All. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them where to find us, which is on all their favorite podcast platforms. I think we're pretty much mostly everywhere. I mean, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. You can tell Alexa to play us. Um, We're on the old school, like Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places. Um, and if they don't know what any of those things are or how to do a podcast, please tell them you can find us on the old school interwebs at with love and justice for all Um, thank you for going to projectsanctus.com where you can see all the things we've got going on, the activities and uh, opportunities that are coming up. Plus, you can give a donation to help us continue to keep the train running. Um, as we often remind you, Kelly and I are, we are the co-creators, we are the CEOs, we are the staff, we are the interns, we are <laughs> we are everything that's that's running running this ship. And it is our goal to make this our our sole source of of income and way of supporting ourselves. Um, so that's that's the goal. And we would love you to be a part of that, not just for supporting us, but helping us to create the world of uh, love and liberation that we speak about often, that, that future. Help us create it now. So yeah, projectsanctus.com. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again. Let's get our holy on. <laughs> <laughs>